Jody Vance in for Jill Bennett, and we're talking about small business in Canada and how many, if not most, are struggling to survive the COVID-19 pandemic. The challenges go far beyond the virus and worker safety with zero opportunity really to turn a profit, yet still be saddled with all the overhead expenses. This math has been stacked against survival of small businesses. And as much as the federal government is trying to attempt to find ways to help, it seems that the struggle remains very, very real. And I wanted to talk this through. What is that, What exactly is hurting in the name of help, like the CERB and, and what might be falling flat? Rent relief uh, for small businesses. We bring in Muriel Protzer, who's the Canadian Federation of Independent Business Policy Analyst for BC, to the show. Muriel, thank you for doing this. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks so much for having CFIB on today. Oh, glad to talk with you. And there's there's a lot to unpack here because when we say small business, it's a general term for a very broad topic, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. When we talk about small businesses, uh, what we really represent in our membership, we're talking about maybe 10 employees. That's the majority of our membership here. So these are these are really small businesses or mom, mom and pop shops you see when walking down some of our main streets. Muriel, what did the stats say in terms of how many of those mom-and-pop small businesses might survive this pandemic? Well, from our survey data, you know, we've been issuing surveys to our members who are small businesses throughout this pandemic, trying to track exactly what's happening on the ground. And what we're finding is that some good news, the majority of small businesses are open, in fact. Uh, that being said, uh, half of them only partially open. So, of course, as we're during, uh, going through this transitionary phase, um, lots of uh, restrictions still in place by the provincial health uh, office. Uh, a lot of businesses unable to return to full operation. It's not business as usual. Um, that being said, still positive to see the majority of them open. What we think is really concerning here, though, which speaks to the financial hardship that small businesses have had to endure, is you know we ask our members, what are your greatest worries during this pandemic? And one of our answers was, was really shocking. We found that 20% of BC businesses are worried they may have to close their doors permanently. So that really speaks to the nature of how difficult this has been on our small businesses. Wow, 20%. Holy, that's a, a huge number when we put that into the overall perspective. So what as, um, as patrons or as citizens can we do in support of our small businesses, can we, should we be going in and, and finding that you know clothing store that maybe we don't need anything from right now and buying that gift card that could be used months down the road that could keep things going? Or is the problem, is the issue greater than that? Do we need to actually have the federal government uh, in conjunction with the provincial government push a little harder to get that rent relief or, or talk about the highest and best use property taxes that are often handed off to the mom and pop who has the lease. Um, what, what do we need to do and what are some of the things that can be put into place to protect our small businesses in BC? Yeah, well, everyone has a role to play here. You know, when we're talking about these small businesses, this is the majority of jobs we have in British Columbia. We need to make sure that those jobs are protected so we do have a normality to return to once we are over, you know, the worst of what we're living through at the moment. Um, in terms of what consumers can do, absolutely. Gift card, that's a great idea to support your local business. Um, you know, I, I like to, I live on uh, Canby Street and I like to frequent the little shops along here. And, you know, I had my eye on this, this 
one uh, specific. It was a, a ceramic cup made. I had my eye on it for over over half a year now. And I said, you know, now's the time. Now's the time I'm going to buy that. So those purchases right. that are at the back of your mind, uh, those unique products that you can often find at your local businesses, now's the time to remind yourself, oh, maybe, maybe now's a good time to visit that business and show my support for them and show your support for the local community. Because when you, when you spend your dollar at that local business, that's getting reinvested into local jobs. These are people, these are family, these are actual humans behind these jobs and, and this uh, community that small business makes up. Now, in terms of what the government can do, there's still a lot. Um, we have seen a lot of great initiatives, the rent relief program, which you which you mentioned there. Um, while it has the best intentions, the simply what we're seeing on the ground is not enough businesses are getting the support they so desperately need from this program. Can you explain that a little bit? Why wouldn't they? Like when I think about it, and maybe it's just I'm naive or I'm Pollyanna about it. Like, wouldn't the landlord? want to offer up the federally subsidized rent relief to keep the tenant in place because booting out the tenant that can't make rent, there's not like a lineup ready to take over that space, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, now is extremely difficult times and for tenants to lose or landlords to lose their tenants. I mean, I can't imagine someone would be in a line to take that place. But that being said, the application process for for this relief is not simple. There are seven Mm. forms you have to complete to apply, and that's not including even the registration process. And as a landlord, you also have to make the commitment to reduce rent yourself and forgive 25% of that payment. Uh, So what does this actually mean? Who's actually applying? Who's going to get relief? From our numbers uh, and our survey data that we've collected, we find that some good news. 40% of BC businesses who are eligible for the program have indeed come to an agreement with their landlord and have applied for the program and will hopefully see that relief coming in. Um, But that being said, there's still a third who are eligible and have landlords who are not uh, participating in the program and they don't have an alternate agreement in place. And obviously this isn't great news. Um, So we have, you know, a couple couple solutions here. Is it, do we address the landlord situation and try to get them to apply? Or do perhaps we look at what the policy is and how it's formed and see if there's another way to get that relief to businesses. And so what CFIB is proposing is the latter one here. There must be a way we can get this relief directly to small businesses instead. So what CFIB is proposing is to allow tenants to access their share of the rent relief support. So that's the 50% rent relief portion directly through the program. So essentially, bypassing their landlord. So essentially that would give them the rent relief directly to them. Uh, It's not 75%, but it would still be a reduction in their rent by half, which would be very welcomed by the small business community. What a fantastic idea. An immediate 50% reduction in rent direct to the mom and pop small business. That how do we get that on the table in front of the politicians who have to make these decisions uh, and put them into practice? Yeah, well, CFIB, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, we are an advocacy group. We do have communication with government at all levels. We've got municipal, provincial, federal here. And uh, we raise these, these uh, con- the concerns we have, the solutions we have, all to them. So we're keeping our communication channels open. Uh, this is a solution we have raised with them. And, you know, they have been very receptive in the past to make adjustments to some of the other federal support programs. Um, so we're, we're hoping and we're, we're moving forward with this. We're keeping it on the table 
people and reminding them at every opportunity we can that, hey, this is a real solution that we could put in place. And absolutely, the support, this additional support is so needed to repeat myself. There are a third of business owners who are eligible for the rent relief program simply won't get it. So how does the regular Joe public like myself support the CFIB in in getting the noise around this? I mean, we saw the 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 CERB evolve because of the reaction from uh, citizens, from taxpayers, and 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 a concerted effort with advocacy groups as as you are. Is there a way that that everybody can help that one third of small businesses who really need that urgently? Yeah, well, it comes back to it's all our responsibility to support our local businesses. And revenues are significantly down for business right now. Mm. I mean, we talked about how half of BC businesses are only partially open at this point. Um, But if you are able to, to get out there and support local businesses, um, again, from our survey data, we've seen that about half of BC business owners are seeing a 50% or more reduction in revenue. So that's half your revenues or more you're just not making right now. It's a really difficult time. So I encourage everybody to get out there and support local when you can. Um, Lots of opportunity to do so. I've seen even restaurants expanding their patios to on the sidewalks and such or outside. It can be a really great time and a really great way to support small business. Um, Another way to, to help small businesses and advocacy groups here is if you're talking with a small business owner or you know someone, a family, a friend who is a small business owner, if they have questions about any program, any relief they might need, any help, CFIB has opened our lines to all small business owners across Canada. If they've got a question, you can give us a call. You can check us out at cfib.ca slash COVID-19 and we'll make sure that we can help you. That is amazing. I love that. Okay, we're going to reiterate that. You can stay for one more segment, Muriel. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Because I want to talk specifically about the CERB and how that's impacting small business with regard to staffs. Jody Vance in for Jill Bennett, and uh, we're continuing our chat with Muriel Protzer about small business and the survival of small business in British Columbia. Muriel is the BC analyst for the Canadian Federation of Independent Business Policy. Muriel, thanks for sticking around here. I do want to talk about the CERB. It has helped so many Canadians who were facing dire straits when we were all sent home and told to self-isolate and quarantine and lock down. But now as we reopen, what do your numbers say? What does your survey say when it comes to uh, small businesses trying to hire back their employees while the CERB has now, just as of today, been extended for another three months? Yeah, you know, we are still very much in a transitionary period. Um, The CERB, you know, it was initially set to expire in just a couple of weeks, beginning of July. So seeing it expanded is actually something that the small business community uh, does support in theory. Um, From the business perspective here, it it is really too early to get rid of CERB completely at this point. Uh, We're still operating under restricted provincial health orders. And earlier we were talking about how many businesses are open and we still find that half are only at partial capacity so that means we actually don't have those jobs still for people to return to you know for a restaurant example they have to make sure that they have physical distancing measures in place between their tables and so that of course means not as many tables as uh, as business would be as usual so before we we really see these restrictions lifted and business can start returning back to usual and we do see businesses operating at full capacity uh, we do need to make sure there's protections for employees who don't have a job to return to yet 
Yeah, I don't think anybody's suggesting that the CERB be done away with. It's it's continuing on until October. That was the announcement that the Prime Minister uh, made today. But more and more, we're hearing the rumblings of, of I'm trying to hire back my employees, but they aren't making $2,000 a month uh, working in my establishment, nor, nor did they prior to perhaps as a, as a part-time employee, can't even get the staff to come back because they get paid sometimes exponentially more just to stay home. I'm just wondering if there is impact on small business in that regard. Maybe if there's a shift in how it is um, disseminated, I don't know what the right word is, handed out, uh, given to uh, citizens. Uh, it, it has been such a blanket, I guess, from the very beginning. Or as you're saying, am, am I jumping the gun here and it's just a little bit too soon to make that transition? Yeah, you you raise a really good point. For a lot of part-time positions, um, for the employee's perspective, it may make sense to stay on third versus going back to the workplace. So this is where we really need to look at the policy and examine, okay, what can be changed to make sure we're giving that incentive for employees to return to work when there is a job available. Um, For this specific situation, what CFIB is suggesting is that we need to add some additional requirements into CERB to make sure that we're making sure these these individuals, uh, these users of the program are still in the labor force. They are available and looking for work. They haven't exited the labor force entirely. So just like under the employment insurance system, um, CFIB is suggesting CERB users should meet that criteria criteria that shows they are available and looking for work. Um, In addition to uh, further incentivize that employee going back to work, under the current structure, employees are allowed to earn up to $1,000 in their claim period, that four-week period, while still collecting that benefit. Um, To better help transition employees back into those jobs, we really need to increase that $1,000 limit because that's really low. Yeah, that is the piece that I was looking for. You've echoed my sentiments and you articulate it so much better than I, which is probably why you <laughs> hold the position you do as the analyst for BC for the CFIB. It's about the incentive to go back to work, the incentive to return to the job. And if we lift that benchmark of $1,000 allowable earnings in four weeks and still have the CERB there, then perhaps we can give the opportunity for people to stimulate the economy a bit more, even as we slowly reopen. Muriel, thank you very much for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having CFIB on. Always a pleasure to be here. Can you reiterate how people can reach out and get in touch? Absolutely. So CFIB, we have opened our lines to all business owners across Canada. If you have a question or concern COVID-19 related, you should get in contact with us. You can find out more online at cfib.ca slash COVID-19. We've got our number there. You can call us at or submit a question online. We've got an FAQ even. Uh, We'll make sure that we get a answer to your question. Excellent. And if you're a small business owner or employee that just tuned in, I'll make sure I put this up on Twitter.